American football in Finland. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into the matchups this weekend. Uh, the Steelers will play host to the Roosters in their playoff matchup. Uh, the Steelers are the number one seed, and the Roosters will be the number four seed. Quopia won both matchups. I don't remember the scores. I didn't look at them, but it doesn't matter because they weren't close. They won convincingly both times. But I'll talk to you a little bit about the Steelers, and then we'll let Q talk to you about, you know, his favorite team in the world, Helsinki Roosters. <laughs> favorite team this season. Honestly, they haven't always been his favorite, but he riding with them. I, I respect that. But just on the Steelers, there's some players that you got to watch. Obviously, you got to watch the Anthony Rizzo. I feel like saying arguably or probably is kind of ridiculous at this point, but let's just say he's the best player in the league. Let's just throw that out there. That's that's how I feel about it. He he makes or breaks this team. I think they can win without him, but they have him, so there's no need to even think about it. They have very good quality backup running back in, in Tuka Lettinen, but everybody knows that you know this team goes as the Anthony Reason over goes. If he struggles, they struggle, but eventually he doesn't struggle. That's one thing you can count on. He's not going to struggle for four quarters, so you can always rely on that. Another player to look out for on the Steelers' side, Colby Campbell, linebacker. I want to say number 45. It's hard to tell what number he is because he's always moving. He's got a lot of hair flowing sometimes too, but he's to the ball all the time, playmaker, linebacker for them. He's the guy that's going to make most of the tackles. When that defensive line gets pressure, people start moving around, scrambling, boom, 45 is there for the tackle. So definitely keep your eyes out for him. And in the back end for the defense, for the, the Quopio Steelers, the entire secondary, there's no holes in this secondary. It's the best secondary in the Maple League, which I said at the beginning of this season that they had the best secondary, and I named all these guys. So I'm going to name them again just so y'all don't forget them. Tino Ndongo, Iro Pekernin, Ronnie Lane, Ero Vaya, Peter Lundstrom, Marcus O, Oni Karki, and Kosti Hoti. What's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight DBs. And I promise you, all eight of them DBs, that's top 20 DBs in the league. They got some of the best DBs in Finland out there, and they do very well together. Individually, I can't talk on them too much, but as a unit, this secondary is, you know, bar none, fade all. They they don't get beat. They make plays. They feed off of each other. You see a lot of tip ball drills going on. There's always guys flying around in the pass game, and they also are aggressive, and they got a little bit of swag to them. As you've seen from their touchdown celebrations, from Tino and Dongo getting a penalty every other game because he's always hitting somebody, no matter where they are or when they are on the field. One of the best defensive groups I've seen in Finland in a long time. I'm trying to think of who I could compare them to. I did like the Roosters DBs for a secondary a few years ago when they had like four or five national team guys. They're really good. But this group has a, a, a whole different dominant swag to them. Like, not just good, more like great. Or if they're not great, they're going to look great. And that's what I really like about them. Those are just some people you need to watch out there. 
Uh, moving to the keys to win for the Steelers is actually quite simple, so I'm just going to name them. Feed reason over. Make Bryce Stancone play perfect. Don't let him do any of that fluky juking around and throwing the deep stuff and force turnovers, which I think they'll be able to do. That secondary is going to probably get one or two picks. That defensive line can probably get a couple sacks that could maybe turn into fumbles and then just get the ball to reason over. You'll be all right. And if you do all that, Bryce Stancone can't play perfect, so it'll all work out. But there are some ways that the Steelers could lose. One way they could lose is they abandon the run game too early. We've seen it this year. There's been times where reason over takes a little bit longer to get going. And no fault of his own, but teams sell out to stop the run early. But eventually they get tired and he doesn't. So just don't give up on it. If they just stick with it, eventually he's going to be able to do what he got to do. Another way they can lose in this game is if they allow the Roosters offense to make big plays. Um, I don't see it happening because, again, they have the best secondary in the Maple League. But Roosters' offense is capable of doing things that you don't expect from them. So you can't allow that to happen or they, they could see themselves on the wrong end of this one. And then the last thing for them when it comes to how they could lose would be underestimating their opponent. You, they're, they're still the Roosters, okay? Um, early in the season, when it looked like they were the four or five seed, you know, people wanted to say some things. I mean, me, myself, I was like, man, I'm pretty sure I picked them to come in number two, so I need them to play better. And you know, what, you, what happened is they did. They adjusted. They progressed. They got better. Um, they made a big, a big jump defensively. Again, I still don't know a lot of these young guys' names on their defense, and I'm not going to learn them until they start, you know, wowing me. But as a collective unit, this defense got much better throughout the season of stopping the pass game, which was their weakness really early on, was their secondary was, you know, boo-boo garbage. So you can't underestimate these opponents because they still are the Roosters, and this team is well-coached, and they have a, a chip on their shoulder because people like me and Chris are not counting them to be the champions. You know, they still have Coach Q on their side, though. X Factor. What is going to set Steelers apart in this game if it was to be very close? I would say confidence. They know that they're the better team. Their opponents know that they're the better team. And in Finland, that's one of those things that when you go into a game that there's a mental edge to knowing how it's supposed to shake out. And the Steelers, if they have just a little bit of success, and again, with this secondary and the swag that they have, it's a snowball effect. It becomes an avalanche. Like, once they get ahead, they're going to they're not going to be like, okay, well, I'm ahead. Let me be nice and, you know, show you some mercy. No, they're going to put their foot on your neck. One of the few teams that, that will do that. So that's an X factor for them is that they have confidence and it's deserved. Uh, last thing for the Steelers, their weakest link. I'm just going to leave it blank because they don't have a weakest link. So that's that. Uh, that's my rundown on the Steelers. And that's really what I think is going to happen in this game. Before I give it over to Q, do you guys have any, you know, response to anything I said? You know, I'll give you a little rebuttal time if you want to. I'm just going to let you have that. I don't really have any rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Spurs. I, I we, thought for sure he was going to say some kind of weird. Hey, well, he got he got the roosters, so he can he can do a whole hey, rebuttal pretty much. As far as the weakest link, for you not having to comment about the weakest link, uh, I'm going to say this: they're undefeated, so you feel like they don't have the weakest link. But the, to me, the weakest link is their receiving core. See now, this That's, is where I'm after. I'm have to school you a little bit about the Corpio State. All the okay. person I know Listen. about is reason over. When I see offensive stats, all I see is reason over, reason over, reason over. I don't even see what the receive. They the receiving core there is non-existent to me because the best receiver you put at cornerback. You put your be- one of your best receivers at cornerback. That I'm, means I'm you, you had no plan on throwing the ball this year at all. <laughs> and here's the thing: if if they were a team that played in close games or that was constantly needing to find another way to get the ball or reason over, I would agree with you. But here's the thing. Just because you don't use it doesn't make it weak. Just because you don't use it don't make it weak. Their receiving core is not deep. It's not highly talented. But when they pass, they pass, don't they? When they want to pass, they pass. And that's all they have to do with it. It's not like they have to pass. They're they're not like the UNC Crusaders who have to throw 85 passes to stay in the game. They run the ball. They do what they want. That's the difference. It's not like they're a team that has to rely on receivers. So they put a receiver on DB because you know what? He's going to get more catches over there than on the offense side because we don't need to. That's a team philosophy. That doesn't make the receivers a weak link. Now, I'm not going to say that this is ever going to happen or we're going to see it, but if the Corbio Steelers wanted to become a passing team, you would see more of their receivers and you have a bigger sample size. But also, don't forget about young Haru out there, number 80. He is still a number one receiver. He just don't get the shine like a lot of these other guys because, again, they don't want to pass that ball. They do he what they want. So you're saying their receivers are out there getting in shape. Hey, let me give you some numbers. One receiver, so yeah. Let me give you some numbers. Go ahead, hit him with them. I'm gonna hit you with some numbers right now, okay? Don't sleep on Joey Bradley, yeah? Joey Bradley, 243 attempts, 149 completions. He is the highest completion percentage of all quarterbacks in the league at 61.3%. He's only thrown five interceptions all season, and he's thrown for 25 passing touchdowns. I'd say that's a pretty damn efficient passing offense. That's everybody's stats. Every quarterback quarterback that's in the Maple League has 25 touchdowns. Hey, no one has over a 60%. He's the only quarterback with over 60% completion percentage. That's that passing game playing, is efficient, I tell you, because, because of the run game sets it up. That's because they're playing the UNC Crusaders <laughs> and Kobe Eagles every week. Oh, they play every team. What are you my, talking my about? Thing, back, to, back, back to the weakest link thing. If he's throwing the ball and completing 60% of the passes, somebody got to catch it, right? Yeah. I can, I can look over. I can look over. <laughs> <laughs> Out there throwing screens and getting all uh, the yards. Right. Bubbles the reason of, right. there, I heard this playbook is, is reason over left, reason, reason over, right, over right, reason <laughs> over sweet, reason over pass. Hey, hey. if it works, if it they works, don't need anything else. You don't need nothing else. <laughs> I mean, but but being honestly, if you look at the Steelers receiving core, compare that to the receiving cores in, in the rest of the league and – this is this would be next generation stuff that we don't have here in Finland, but you would look at drops. And let's just be honest, when they throw the ball, there's not drops 
Like the receiver and quarterback are on the same page and they make the plays they're supposed to make. That's not a weak link. I could easily go over to the Roosters, the Wolverines, and the Crocodiles, all three other teams, and look at their receiving core and say, you know, sometimes, mm-mm-mm, mm-mm-mm. Like, and that's how it is. Like, you got – on those teams, you got guys who, when they line up a receiver, there's some guys that you know they're not getting the ball, you know. And I, I'm not – actually, yeah, to throw out some names, you know, if you're throwing it toward Martin Emos over there at Wolverines, I'm not expecting a lot to happen out of that. You know, you got to give it to RJ or you have to give it to Sanye. Those are your legit hands, but that's only two out of your four receivers. You go to Quopio, you have Haru, you have um, Noah Choate, who comes, does more little slot work. And then you also have Isaac Marshall. Those are three legitimate receivers that you can trust to catch the ball. I didn't say they're great playmaking receivers, but when you get them the ball, they catch it and make plays they're supposed to. That's not a weak link. Like I said before, no weak link. So I'm going I'm to give you your time now, Coach Q. Tell us about the Helsinki Roosters, man. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into it because I'm tired of y'all talking about all these other teams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little fed up with it right now because y'all y'all are mistaking my Roosters right now. It's like we're not, it's like we're not one of the prominent teams, not just in Europe. But in the world, Craig. The world. The world. In the world, Craig. <laughs> in the world, Craig. All right, who to watch? If you watch the Roosters, you already know about Bryce Dan Cone, but maybe some some guys that you don't know, some receivers. We got Ramio. Um, we got Nicole, who's been at, pretty much at the top of as far as the stats with the Roosters. Um, they have the most touchdowns on the team. I think they uh they have the Nicole and Bryce probably have the most chemistry as far as receivers. Um, but I don't think that we've even got to see all the Roosters have yet. That's and, and that's what I want you guys to pay attention to in the playoffs because one thing the Roosters are going to be and that's prepared in the playoffs. This is one of the teams that they've been there the most over the last decade. Um, the coaching staff has been there. This is not this is nothing new to the Roosters at all. This is what they expected. Maybe maybe not the losses, but definitely the wins. Being eight and four going into the playoffs for the Roosters is 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 a down season, to say the least. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a shoulder pinch. It's a I don't know what you want to call it, chip on the shoulder. You can say whatever it is. So, but those are some guys I think that noticeably you should be looking out for in the playoffs. I think Bryce is going to go to these guys a lot more um, going into the playoffs. This is where he has a lot of matchup problems. A lot of these guys get one-on-ones with safeties, um, linebackers, and Bryce has been exploiting it. This is why Bryce is at the top of the, of the passing statistics. Um, he's actually has more rushing touchdowns than the other team's running backs, starting running backs. So in, in all, Bryce is up 30, 31 touchdowns alone himself. So he's been the most consistent player on the Roosters. This is why I say he's probably the number one guy to watch, obviously, and his receivers. I'm not even going to talk about defense because the defense as a whole for the Roosters played a pretty good game. Um, when it comes to the playoffs, I think they're going to be ready. I think we're going to see some stuff that we didn't see from the Roosters. Now, keys to win. Keys to win, consistent big plays. Um, pressure from the defensive side of the ball for the Roosters' defense. Um, I also believe the return game for the Roosters, they need a big play out of the return game in, in, in this game. Um, they're going to play against a dynamic team 
So therefore, they're going to need dynamic plays to get through this game. They're going to need to score on special team if possible. Um, I think their defense will hold them in the game, even if the offense isn't isn't up to par as normal. But I don't see Bryce coming into this game having a bad game. I think he'll take over himself and lead this team to a win probably. Um, but we'll see. Um, how to lose the game. They're pretty much going to have to – Bryce is going to have to get COVID for the Roosters to lose this game. This is the only way I, I – the only what? way I see them losing this game is Bryce is going to get COVID. It's the only way. I feel like coming into this game, uh, you know your opponent. Yes, 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 yes. There are some doubtful things about it because they're playing a dynamic team. Yes, but the only way they're going to lose is Bryce plays terrible. If Bryce plays terrible – they're going to lose the game. But if he has a normal game, throws 300 yards, throws for over three to four touchdowns, they're going to win the game. I'm telling you right now, they're going to win the game. The defense just has to play a decent game. The defense plays a decent game, they're going to win the game. All right, X factor. The X factor in this game is there is no X factor. It's just the Roosters are going to win the game. It's simple as that. Oh, I'm wow. going okay. with it right now. Okay. okay. There is no X factor. There is, there is no X factor when you play a team that in the last decade has won as many championships as they've won. They don't need an X factor. All they need is to come out and beat that team. They've been playing a lot of young guys lately. A lot of these guys have been making some real, real, real serious plays, real big plays. And I just think, like, coming into this playoffs, you know, the Ranios, I think he went off for maybe three or four touchdowns last game. You know what I mean? Three touchdowns last game. Like, these these guys are, like, just now, which is late in the season. But I'm not going to say that just now coming into the shell, but I just thought – I think now we've seen that the Roosters know their matchup, um, their big matchups, and I think they're going to go to them. And I think those guys are going to be the reason why they get past these first rounds. And there you have it. Hold on now. What, what about the weakest link? What about the weakest so, link? Yeah, I said they don't have one. They don't have one. It's <laughs> no, no, they do have the weakest. Link. I think the weakest link for the Roosters is the youth. It's the inexperience yeah. with some of the players. Um, they haven't been in this situation before. The coaches have, but some of their younger players haven't been in there. Um, one thing the Roosters are good about is that's getting these players opportunities to to get reps. Maybe it's in a game where. Um, they they see that they can probably win without playing all their starters, or maybe it's a game where they're up and then they just try to get the guys in. But usually mentally, their players are usually ready to come in the game. I think yeah. the biggest thing is being able to make plays in these games. It's one thing to make plays against UNC Crusaders and the Coca Eagles teams that um, you know struggling to, to move the ball offensively on the regular, but the Roosters are going to have to play a good offense. Um, I won't say a great one, but they're going to play a good offense. So I think just throwing the shade. inexperience in, in certain plays. <laughs> I'm not throwing shade. I'm being honest. Like, I'm not going to say a great I mean, offense, but a good yeah. offense. You know, I won't say a great offense, but, a, but, a, but an offense that can hit, you know, offense that can hit. And I yeah. think defensively how they react to getting hit in the mouth has a big part to do with whether they win okay. this game or not. But I think if the Roosters' offense um, plays above average in this game, I think they still win the game. Okay, I got I'm gonna rebuttal here and I, I'm actually with you. I, I think the Roosters are a good team. I think if they weren't playing the Steelers now, I would probably have them going. You know, I think that 
they would be the team that could beat the Wolverines and the Crocodiles. I honestly do believe that they're they've developed and they're peaking at the right time. If that makes sense, you know, like we talk about this all the time. Like you want to, you know, progress throughout the season and be peaking right around playoffs. I feel like the Roosters are there. They're probably like all cylinders go peaking right now. Everything's gelling. Even their game plan is probably really tight. But the the biggest problem with a lot of the things that Q was talking about, like, you know, how they can win and how they can lose is those are just words. Like, we're, we're not using any, like, factual stats or, like, you know, looking at what's on the field. I believe, yeah, if Bryce Dancombe throws for 300-plus yards, yeah, they're going to win. But how is he going to throw for 300-plus yards? I want you right now, name a receiver – and I'll name a DB that can guard them. Name a receiver that can beat any of the DBs for the Steelers. You can't. I'm sorry. You just can't. So you're in a situation where who is he going to throw to to get 300 yards? I, I don't see that happening in this matchup. I think if you play against any of those other teams, you have those matchups where you can, you know, manipulate the defense and get them in a bad situation. This defensive line is going to be on Bryce Stancombe's ass all game. It is what it is. That offensive line is decent, but it's not going to be able to stop the front seven from the Corbio Steelers so we can get back there, which means Bryce Stancombe is going to be moving. He's moving. He's got to work with his receivers as he's on the move. Good luck because those five DBs for the Steelers, they can stick on them like glue. They're just as fast, just as athletic, and they're going to make plays. Just not a lot of room for Stancombe to, to throw for 300 yards in this game. I think if the Roosters really had a – I don't want to say if they have. Let's say the possibility of them winning this game would be higher if they were to have a more balanced run game. If they were able to run the ball and force the Steelers to use run support in their secondary – then you have a window for him to be able to manipulate that defensive secondary. But right now, the Steelers don't have to bring anybody. They don't have to blitz anybody. They don't have to bring the extra man in the block box. They can stop the run, which means all you have is a pass, which makes you one-dimensional. And we know one-dimensional offense outside of it being Lee Anthony reason over, it's not going to work. And that's just the, the whole cold, hard truth about it is that they're just outmatched in this matchup. I, I'm, I'm not a – I will, I'm not a diehard Steelers fan, but I'm definitely not a Roosters hater, but this is not a good matchup for them. It's just, that's just how I feel about it. I don't want to be too negative, but unless they figure out a way to, to run the ball against this stout defense, it's going one way, and that's to the Steelers. What, Chris should be the, the tiebreaker in this. Chris, what do you think? You know what I think. <laughs> Nobody never lie. You never bet against the Steelers. That that's it. You just don't bet against the Steelers. You said it. You said it all. Their secondary is legit. I I can't see like Nicole's a nice receiver, but I can't see him getting behind these DBs. I think they're too good. And the front seven, as you said, yes, the Roosters' offensive line is decent, but that Steelers' front seven is better than the offensive line. Bryce is going to have guys in his face and he's going to have to complete difficult balls. Maybe if they go quick game and hit stuff underneath, they could be successful. But good idea. 
their run game's not been great all season. They've not really had – they're more running back by committee this season. They don't have real out-and-out starting running back. They've been a committee. But you know why that is, right? Well, yeah, because, because the best running back went to Germany. Uh, no, not even that. That that starter they had, that, that young um, running back they had early at the beginning of the season, he lost his knee to the Velo. Well, yeah, that too. The Velo. The Velo did that to the Roosters. The Velo would do that to you. He got hurt on the Velo, and now they had to go run back committee after that. But they had a they had a good seventeen year old running back. I still can't remember that kid's name, and I'm sorry about that. But he was good, and he was going to be something, and he was doing a really good job. And now they're relying on Payar and then to really be the running back, running back who I, I think he might be able to fill that role, but it's was not it, going it to it's, be. It's, it's um Mikkonen, isn't it? The running back, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy that got hurt. So I mean, again, if they if they had a, a decent run game, it'd be more comparative that they could actually pull this off. But right now, I mean, that's tough, tough. But we won't we won't you know dwell on it too much. You know, they still are the Roosters, like you said, they're the Roosters, so you can't count them out. I mean, you can count them almost out, I guess, but you just can't count them all the way out. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. We'll move to the second game, which this game will be just as competitive you know it's a lot a little bit closer you know numbers wise but I think it'll be a very competitive game that's going to be the Helsinki Wolverines versus the Sinioki Crocodiles they split the matchups I want to say the Wolverines won by like five the first time or two or three I don't know it was like one touchdown both ways right Wolverines won the first one Crocodiles won the second one, or Crocodiles won the first one, Wolverines won the second one. I cannot remember. I'm sorry. I feel like I should remember. Uh, Wolverines, Crocodiles, 36-34 to the Wolverines. Okay. And then the second one. The second game. As y'all can tell, we're looking up the score. Uh, 25-20. Yeah, so both crocodiles. So both like two point so, yeah. wins. Yeah, so it's I mean it's pretty even. Five point win and a two point win. Oh, yeah. five point and two point. Oh yeah, it was a touchdown. Yeah. So just getting into it, Chris, tell us about the Wolverines, and then I'll tell you about the Crocs. Yeah. So who to watch for the Wolverines? Obviously, we've got big play receivers on this team. Uh, Sebastian Sanye, he's a game breaker. I know, great deep route runner. Big playability, can get over the top of the defensive backs. And the Crocodiles DBs are average. They've got a couple of imports out there, but Sanye, Sanye I think he gets all over them. Um, and then the other guy on the other side of the field is RJ Long. Again, big playability, safe hands, Mr. Reliable. You know, that connection he has with Jabari is something else. They've been playing together for a long time, and it shows on the field. Uh, my next person to watch is Jabari Harris, dual threat. He really needs to take control of this L and put the L on his back and do what he does best. 
he needs to run the ball. He needs to pass the ball. He needs to be involved heavily in the run game as well. I think maybe running some kind of like speed option as well could be the way to go for them. Just to give them the edge, trying to get Will Young on the edge as well. Jabari running up the middle. And then defensively, C Slate, again, stalwart in the, um, the, the, the Maple League. He's been around the block. I think he could be that one that helps stop the run game for CP15 coming up in the box to try and get involved in that run game because the, the keys to win, which I'm going to move on to now, is that the Wolverines need to stop that Crocodile's rushing game. If they can nullify that rushing game and put the back on uh, the the game on the back of Zach, Zach Whitehead, I don't think he's I don't think he's got it in him to beat this team on his own. He needs that support of the rushing game because he needs the play action to open up to get his passing lanes in behind. Also, keys to victory: the Wolverines need to get the run game going with Will Young. As I previously said, get him in space, get him out the backfield on swings. Get him on sweeps. Get him to the outside where he can be that scat back that he is and do what he does best. They need to then, just steal the Crocodiles playbook and do with Powell what they do with Will Young. Yeah, like with do Will it like Young. that, right? Yeah. 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 And then and then hit and then hit Sanye and RJ Long on the play action behind it. That's mm-hmm. what they need. How they're gonna lose? Two things. If they can't contain CP15, he's gonna win this game for them. We know he likes playing on that velodrome. And he runs the ball well on that velodrome. He's one of the running backs that is isn't a away team, doesn't have it as his home field, but he's one of the best players on that turf. And it is a difficult turf. We all know about that turf. It's a beast of a turf. The yeah. other thing... Yeah. The other thing is the communication in the Wolverine secondary. It's been a problem all season. They need to get that right. Otherwise, Zach Whitehead is going to pick them apart. Off the play action. As long as CP15 can get that run game going, and their communication isn't down in that secondary. Zach Whitehead, I think he wins that battle if the DBs can't communicate. X factor, I'm going to go with Jabari Harris's legs. Okay, if they get that run game going with Will Young, Jabari becomes even more of a threat in that run game. And as I said before, I'd like to see some speed option, maybe getting Will Young on the outside and Jabari running up the middle and do what he does best and just run in a straight line. He's got that breakaway speed. He's got that big playability, and I think he needs to carry this team to victory. Weakest link, I could have said the secondary's communication, but I've gone with the offensive line run blocking because that has been an issue for them all season. We talk about fundamentals all the time, and fundamentally, they're not sound in that run blocking game. Uh, the offensive line, they, for some reason, they're not getting it going. So find ways to be able to put them in a position where they can be successful. As I said, it's a quick game. Throw some swings. Don't make them pass protect for longer than two seconds because you can't have these deep developing plays because they just can't protect them enough. He's got guys in his face and he's having to scramble and run around. So that offensive line run blocking, well, and pass blocking in a sense, just that offensive line, they they really need to step up in this game for the, the Wolverines to be successful. And if the the, the Crocodiles can take advantage of that offensive line, then that's how they could potentially win. I'm stealing your thunder a bit there, Purvis. You're probably going to talk about that now. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, I'm, I'm going to talk a little more on the Wolverines also, because I feel like we, we're leaving out the the elephant in the room. The, the Wolverines still right now 
They have more talent than the Crocodiles. They have more talent than the Roosters. They have, I mean, almost more talent than the Steelers, honestly. I, I would say they're right neck and neck. We'd have to be picky and choosy. But I feel like the, the weakest link for them is what we've been talking about all season, and that's their offensive philosophy and play calling. Yep. If they if they just call a good game, they win this game. Like that's without a doubt. If they just call a good game, call the right plays at the right time, get the ball to the people that need the ball. Like everything you said about Will Young and getting him in space and doing that, that's all choices. That's all play calling and putting them in the right situation. It's not really on Will Young. Like he can't do anything if they hand him the ball and then he gets tackled. Yeah. But you can call a play where maybe he's in motion and you throw a screen to him or you do a, a swing route or something like that. It's all philosophy of how you want the game to go. And we've seen the Wolverines, when they play an easy team, they can just, you know, play some, do some Madden plays, you know, throw a bubble, do that play called deep cross. And it's wide open when you're playing on rookie. But whenever they go up against a, a team that actually has players and a scheme, their talent takes them as far as they can go. At the end of these games, when they played against the Crocodiles, they in the first game when they played against Crocodiles, they were able to keep it close because late in the game, all those players that you said to watch for, Sanye, um, Jabari, Curtis RJ. Slater, RJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those – yeah, RJ. I don't know why I forgot RJ. Those four <laughs> guys, those four guys – they show up when you need them. When you have to have them, they say to hell with whatever we have going, we're going to make sure that we have a chance to win this game. In that last game, when they actually did win, that's what they did. And even when they lost, that was mostly on defense, not guarding, you know, CP. But that's the roster that you have. You have a roster that any time in this game, they can take over and win. But these guys are going to do what they're told to do. And if they're not put in a position to win, then they're gonna they're gonna lose. That's just I feel like the weakest link for them is their offensive play calling this and philosophy because it doesn't make sense for most of the game. And then at the end of the game, it's like okay, Jabari make a play, or find one of those two or three guys that can make a play with you and make something happen. And I feel like in this playoff game, that's not gonna be enough. I just don't think it's gonna be enough. So I'll, I'll talk about the Crocodiles a little bit, but I don't feel like I need to talk about them a lot because, you know, we like to talk about the Wolverines on this show. <laughs> but who to watch? Obviously, Christian Powell. In Powell, we trust. He is the driving force of this offense. If he plays well, they'll play well, and everything works off of him. Next guy to look out for, Zach Whitehead, maestro of the offense. Um, very underrated underrated quarterback in this league because he doesn't do too much of anything similar to Joey Bradley for the Steelers is, you know, he doesn't get the respect that he deserves in the pass game or the run game. He does a lot with this team when it comes to passing the ball when they need him to, but also in the run game, he runs with his legs. He gets a certain amount of rush yards every game. He contributes to their rushing offense, and that's something that really makes this offense hard to defend, knowing that you have a running quarterback and a running back. 
that you need to put more bodies in the box for. And then if you do put more bodies in the box, they hit you with a play action and he's going to put it on the money to one of his receivers. Hopefully Sarkola, because that's the, that's the guy that sees a 1-7. And that just makes him a very integral piece of this offense. And the third guy I want you to look out for is Emmett Gooden. I cannot remember what number he is. Is he number 56? 56, number, yeah. yeah. number 56 on the defensive line. He's You're going to see him. He's going to be in the backfield just as much as Will Young. I promise you. He'll be back there right next to him, breathing down Jabari's neck the whole game. That's what he does. He gets in the backfield, and if they run the ball, he's going to be the one tackling Will Young. That's what's going to happen. He's that good. He's that dominant. Haven't seen anybody that can really block him yet. He's unblockable. So look out for number 56. Keys to win for the Crocodiles, make big plays. In the last game they played against the Roosters, I know CP wasn't there, but what he really didn't give them was a few big plays, a few unscheduled big plays to keep them in the game. And that's really what I saw was the difference in that game. They just didn't have enough big plays to, you know, get that win. In this game, he's there, but this team also is built around, you know, have a big play here, big play there, keep it close, and then use your your ability when it's close in the game to get the win. If they do that, they can win this game. Another thing they have to do is they have to force the Wolverines to drive the field. Don't give up – excuse me. Don't give up the cheap, you know, easy plays. Don't give up anything that's too easy. Make them work for it. Make that offense – Use a philosophy, use a strategy to get down the field instead of, oh, well, R.J. Long broke two tackles and now he's gone. Or, oh, Sanye beat the DB deep and he just got an easy fade. Make them do intermediate routes. Make them run and pass. Force the Wolverines offense to be an offense so that you can get the win in this game. And the last thing I think they need to do to, to win is to stay aggressive. Don't get comfortable with any size lead in this game. Like I said before, they're they're more talented. That's a fact. The Wolverines are the more talented team, which means at any moment they can come back in this game. So for the Crocodiles, don't let them. Don't give them the opportunity. If you're up by two touchdowns, make sure you're up by three. If you're up by three, make sure you're up by four. Don't take it for granted that they can't come back and beat you because they have the roster to do that. On both sides of the ball, this roster could beat yours. So stay aggressive the entire time. Now, how they could lose is, one, if they let Jabari be Jabari. Don't don't let Jabari Harris run around. Don't let him extend plays. Don't let him be the running back for the Wolverines. Don't let him get downhill. Don't let Jabari throw fades. Stop Jabari. That's one way you could lose. If Jabari – turns into, you know, Superman, Harris, then y'all had a good run. That's how that would be. Another way you could lose is to forget about Powell. Um, We've seen this done, I think, early in the season. I think they did it. I think in that early in the season, there was a game where they just didn't get in the ball when they were supposed to. But they haven't done that most of the season. But in this game, if it gets tough and you're down and the Crocodiles are losing at any point, don't just stop giving the ball to Powell. If you can't run it with him, pass it to him. If you can't pass it with him, run it with him. If if that all fails, let him play quarterback. I promise you it'll all work out if you keep believing in Powell and Powell we trust. Last thing of how I think they could lose this game is they play too conservatively. 
it goes back to the keys to win is to be aggressive. If they get ahead and they start, you know, kind of trying to chew clock, they're really just giving the other team opportunities. So don't give them opportunities. Stay on the aggressive and just don't be conservative because if they're conservative, they'll lose this game. X factor for the Crocodiles, offensive play calling. I feel like this coaching staff knows when to take chances and how to keep their opponents honest. That's what they're going to need to win this one. It's not been said much, but this is probably one of the best offensive schemed teams we've seen this year. We said it before the season that, you know, you got to find Paul help. You got to pass it sometimes. And then early in the season, I I remember myself saying, oh, they're passing a little too much. I don't like it. You got to get the ball to Paul. They've found the right mixture throughout the season of, okay, we're still feeding Christian Powell, but also we can throw the ball. Our quarterback can run. We can do reverses here, and we know when to do them. Early on, I feel like they were doing too many gadget plays, and now they've learned to sprinkle them in perfectly. So if they're able to do that against the Wolverines, they're going to find themselves on the winning side of this game because the Wolverines won't be able to keep up with all that they can do, and the timing of when they do it is really good. Weakest link for the Crocodiles, their defensive secondary. Simply put, they're outmatched. And they're not going to get better before this game. Um, Talent-wise, skill-wise, even scheme-wise, the Wolverines receiving core is is better. I mean, their offensive passing game is better than what the Crocodiles have. So that is their weakest link. But – just to counteract their weakest link, their defensive front is really good. Their defensive line is led by Emmett Gooden, so they'll be able to create pressure to help that weakest link. But that secondary is their weakest link. All right, and that's me on the Crocodiles, man. No, no, but I think everything you said was pretty accurate. I mean, I think the Wolverines are just way too overmatched. I don't see Wolverine losing this game. If they lose this game, they're firing everybody. Fire everybody. You know, they'd be fired for the season, but I just think this game is too important for the Wolverines to lose. They put too much into it this season to go out. I think they're going to sell out on stopping Powell, and then whatever else happens just happen. But RJ, Seabass, Jabari, that's like way too much to deal with in the first round. So I think the Crocs are good. I think Powell's going to do his thing, but I just think it's, they're just too overly matched. William James, like, I mean, Will um, is, is definitely probably the X factor in this game too. So I think, I think he'll – He'll be the difference maker in this cross game. If they get him the ball, you know, outside against DBs and, and, and linebackers, he'll make them pay. So you're right. You're right on. Y'all right on. Chris, you got anything? Nah, man. You, you pretty much covered it perfectly. I mean, they do call you perfect purpose. I mean, that is what they call me. I think, yeah. I think it's going to be a, a good matchup. I think these two teams play. They match up well against each other. I would say if I wanted to think big picture – I would prefer to see the Wolverines against the Steelers later, but you know if the yeah, Roosters, I think I, I agree I because I, the Crocs, I, yeah. I think the Wolverines match up better against the Steelers, and I think they're the only team that are gonna be able to compete with the Steelers to try yeah. and beat them, and I think they have the best possible chance to beat them. I'm not saying they will beat them, but they yeah. have the best possible chance. That makes sense. They they but, have they have all the right ingredients, but have they got the recipe to put it together to make that meal? 
The crazy thing is I still remember when these two teams played each other first, we were saying very similar things about like the Wolverines match up best against them. And then the crocodiles beat the Wolverines that weekend. I I remember that distinctly. And this is one of those situations too, where obviously we don't want to, you know, get ahead of ourselves, start talking about the Mabel Bowl and Wolverines, but it's just one of those things. They have the talent, but I still believe that, you know, that elephant in the room is, you know, philosophy and, you know, play calling. And I think the crocodiles win in that aspect. I think the crocodiles know who they are. They know what they want to do. And that gives them an edge in this game compared to the Wolverines where we've been saying all season and Q just touched on it again, you know, get the ball to Will Young in some various ways, blase, blase. Will Young has had one good game this season. And that was the end of the season route of the Eagles. And that game, you could see that they were forcibly giving that ball to Will Young to get his stats up. But outside of that, there's been no natural progression towards him, you know, integrating into this offense and it helping the offense, you know, become more dynamic. I don't see that happening all of a sudden in this first round of playoffs. I don't see this offense all of a sudden becoming what we all thought it could be before the season. It's just some things you can't really fake, and I don't think they're going to be able to fake that. Um, I'm not even saying that I think the Crocodile is going to win yet, really. I'm not I'm not really sure. I think I think it will be a good game, but I do think that they, the Wolverines have enough talent to make up for the fact that they do some random stuff, but the Crocodiles have – a good enough team that they can counteract that. So it's, it's I think this is going to be the game to watch. And this is a Saturday game too. So yeah, that's all four teams. American football in Finland.